Hey, everybody. Uh, instead of having Dusty this week, uh, we got Jose Raymond helping co-host the show. So uh, me and Jose had a great time. Um, unfortunately, it was the morning after the news about John. And, um, you know, I guess we we didn't really know what to say. We didn't really know how to handle it. And we sort of talked about it, but it was kind of a blur. And, uh, you know, we decided to leave it in because it, it, it just, it, I think it's how everybody felt. And, um, you know, sort of unsure of what to say at the time. And uh, so we're just going to leave it in. And um, and also, too, this was recorded before uh, there was a memorial fund for John's family. So I uh, just wanted to do this little bit for you guys uh, so that you can look at the information below and you can get the link to the memorial fund if you choose to contribute. Um, you know, uh, John was loved by so many and um, we just want to make sure everybody is aware of it. Um, and on behalf of the whole family at the Think Big Bodybuilding Network, uh, I mean, John was a, a, a part of the family over here too. You know, he was on all the shows multiple times, supported everybody over here. It was good friends with everybody at Think Big and, uh, every single person in the network is having a, a difficult time with this. So, um, you know, I guess we are, we are all in this together and, um, yeah, here's a new episode. We got Jose Raymond here filling in for Dusty Hanshawn. It's just bodybuilding. I think this is episode 99. Yes, sir. Scott chiming in with the uh, some you're you're on the Wayne Gretzky episode, buddy. And awesome. uh, yeah, in the 99th episode. So it's good to have you here. And um, you know, thanks for filling in for Dusty. I got a bunch of great questions and some stuff to have fun with obviously we kind of got to open with something else um and discuss that for at least a minute um but obviously john meadows uh passing away um you know just a tragedy for everybody in the industry yeah dude this is um i i just want to say you know when when people people pass on you know, people like to say, oh, you know, that guy was great or that, you know, nobody, you can honestly say with John, I've never heard a bad word mumbled about him. Not so much as, in fact, I don't know anyone that's ever met him that didn't love him. Like it, it is crazy the amount of, of stories that are pouring out and pictures and, and just, um, you know, it's a testament to how many people he touched that he never even met in person, that, that he, you know, he was so much bigger than he even knew himself. And uh, it, it's just, a, there's no words that can be expressed other than, uh, you know, gratitude of what he meant uh, to every one of us and to, to the entire industry. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm for one very thankful that I got to to meet him and, and, you know, pick his brain a few times and, and just, uh, be in his presence. He was, he was, a, he was a great man all around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're right about the, uh, the outpouring. Um, you know, we've, we've lost some, some really fantastic people. Obviously we've already been through this. Uh, but, uh, this one's been like visually shocking because of the just number of people posting and, and saying, listen, you know, I have a story about John or John did this for me or, you know, and 
I, I, I have to, I want to tell a story because I'm sure other people went through it, but you know, like yesterday when it happened, I didn't know how to, cause John's like, I consider John a friend of mine. You know, I didn't, I feel like I just didn't know him. Like we trained together a bunch of times and you know, we had pancakes together and you know, we sat and chatted at shows and, you know, walked around the Arnold expo together and stuff like that. And, uh, um, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I like part of me didn't want to post because I felt like, well, I don't want to be like, like, this isn't about me, you know, but then part of me wanted to make a post because I wanted to like, tell people like, listen, like this guy, this guy was, was a little bit different than everybody else. And, and I kind of wrestled with that all day. Like, I don't just want to post like to post, you know, it's not about, you know what I mean? That weird feeling. Mm-hmm. that you get when you're not sure if you should share something or keep it to yourself. And then like later in the day, I was like, well, maybe, maybe this will make someone else. Cause when it comes down to posts like that, I was thinking like, maybe it'll help someone else out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and maybe it'll just let someone know how John actually was to, you know, at least to me from my experience. And so I, I, I made a post and, um, and, you know, it felt good to to just see people like sharing their experience with John on the feed, you know, and that's kind of, I think, the, you know, the best way for those things to kind of go is, you know, that's what you hope is that it's going to kind of make, make people think positively and remember the good times and that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, I, I read so, your yeah. And uh... sorry. I said, I read your post and I was pretty amazed at your ability to put words together. And uh, you're probably the reason I didn't because uh, I, I'm not good with my words and um, it would do him no justice. And I knew I would get an opportunity to speak at some point on one of these podcasts. And uh, I just, I was overwhelmed with, with all the posts I was reading, you know, um, so I didn't post anything. I don't, you know, I have a picture with me and John from a few years back at the Arnold Classic. And, uh, but I just like, you know, some of it, I was like, um, is this like just another fad? People are posting pictures with them. I, like, is this, it was a weird, weird feeling. I'm like, I'm not, it's not about me. Uh, it's about him and his family. And, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll get opportunities to speak. It's just, I, I'm just like, wow. It's just crazy. Every person, my phone's been blowing up now for 24 hours. And, and it's just, you know, even people that know nothing about bodybuilding are reading it. And uh, that's how big he is. You know, people yeah. who know nothing are, are asking me, hey, did you know this guy? I'm like, well, of course. Yeah. So I've had yeah. something interesting happen, too, is um, uh, I've, I've, I've gained a lot of followers in the last while from the my little bmx world <laughs> and uh they are they read my post and then they read the comments and then they messaged like a bunch of a message and they're like holy shit this guy was like a, like this, this guy sounds like someone special and so that was kind of cool that people in another kind of realm you know that has nothing to do with our realm just by looking at the comments and just by kind of maybe hitting the the hashtag and checking things out and realizing what's going on they're like oh shit this guy was like someone who really helped a lot of people so it, it when when you sort of like 
reach other other little bubbles um, with absolutely you know no meaning to there's there's definitely something to what you contributed you know when it's just obvious that everyone is mourning yeah um other people from other bubbles that you know can go they see it and they're like oh you know this wasn't just like anybody so yeah i don't know that was kind of that was kind of interesting for me but i i just you know again the family the kids you know wife and kids i just hope they're you know all the best to them and you know, there's going to be a lot of people that knew John a lot better than I did that are going to have a lot of great things to say about him. And, you know, um, I got one, one of the main things I put up a question thing, you know, and like half the questions are like, tell a Meadows story. So the, the deal was everyone knew Fuad was probably going to win the show. So they're saying winner of the show buys pancakes. Right. So, so Fuad wins the show. So we know we're all going to Denny's for pancakes. And um, I remember John was like the most excited one, you know, like everyone was grabbing their bags and like, and John was like, okay, like we're all, we're, we're all going right. Like we got to get those, like he, he, he was, you know, the, the whole pancake joke and him and all the t-shirts with the pancakes on them and, and, and all that stuff it, it, here. It was, you know, like midnight, after a pro show and, and John and I, neither of us place place very well. So like, you know, but he was just super happy. Like he was like, he was over it and he just wanted to go for pancakes and he was like really excited and he wanted everyone to come. He's like, you're coming for pancakes, right? You're coming for pancakes. Like he was like that, you know? And, um, I remember his wife wanted to talk to the judges. She's like, Oh, we just got to talk to the judges first and just see what they have to say. And then as, uh, as soon as they were done, he's like, Hey, we're going right. We're going. You know, and it, I, that was just something he was like, a, you know, he was just super happy, positive guy. And he wanted everybody to come. I remember that. He's like, you're coming, right? Everyone's coming. We're all coming. We got to get the whole class. Get the whole men's open. And we pretty much had like the whole show at one table. Like everyone from, you know, Clarita to Flex Lewis was there. Like everyone because it was the Van Pro. So we had this big table of people at Denny's at one in the morning. But John was just super excited about that. I remember and uh yeah you know good dude well jose you're filling in for dusty because he's he's got some sh some busy shit this week so why don't you let us know what's going on with jose you said your shoulders are fucking falling apart yeah yeah i've been i've been training i mean that's the one constant in my life for the last 35 years and uh I, I, I can't stop. And, you know, eventually I knew I would keep going until the wheels fell off and they were slowly falling off. You know, I had a hip replacement two and a half years ago. And um, I thought once I got through that, I'd be fine. Well, I've always had a bad shoulder, but it was never debilitating. It never stopped me from doing things. And just a few months ago, it caught up to me and now I have like, you know, I was considering competing again and, you know, I can pretty much train up until a few months ago, but I couldn't, I couldn't like do a front double bicep anymore because my, my left shoulder stops. I can't crank it all the way back and uh, I have no external rotation there. So I basically can't pose. I can create all the muscle in the world, but 
I can't show it. And, and, and there's a lot more pain than there had been previously. So, you know, you, that's just something you got to come to terms with as you're getting older. Um, the pain and the mobility issues is just too much. So I'm, I'm focused more on just trying to stay in shape and enjoying working with other people and getting the best out of people, taking what I've learned over my time and, and helping other people. It's that time now. You know, I have to accept that. Um, but I don't have to look like a slob either. I can, um, <laughs> I still take my training very seriously. I still eat like a bodybuilder. I still train. I still do cardio. It's what makes me feel good. It's what, uh, it's who I am. So um, that, that's where I'm at. You know, uh, I've been traveling yeah. quite a bit since um, things have opened up again. I've already been to a couple shows with clients and, um, and, and it's been fun. You know, I'm enjoying all aspects of bodybuilding, not just the, um, you know, the contest prep, the, the, the competing aspects myself. Um, although, you, you know, I, I probably will diet for a photo shoot or something stupid and, and, and see what kind of condition I can get in just for fun because, because I love it. And, and it, to be honest with you, it puts me in a good mental space when I have something to focus on and I have a reason not to be a slob, you know, not to just eat everything inside and keep my weight. Like I'm small in my head and I'm still 220. You know, right. um, so like five four two twenty is still a, a big dude, but in my <laughs> head I look at myself and I'm I'm with this kid Nate every day and and he's he weighs about the same maybe a little heavier and he's four inches taller but he looks like a big ball of bubbles next to me you know yeah yeah he's yeah so round yeah. and and he's in the peak of his uh, of his look so I'm like Jesus this kid is huge I feel small. And uh, I know right. I'm not small, but, but it, it's a, it's a mind fuck, you know, I'm used to being, you know, when I used to be off season, I'd be 240, 245 and, oh, yeah. and not fat, you know, um, but that's not healthy at my age. There's no reason for me to be much heavier than I am. In fact, I should probably be a lot lighter. So now have you, have you had your shoulders scanned or anything? Like, do they know oh, exactly yeah, what's my, wrong my with it? The doctor said I need a replacement. So it's, it's just general, bone. like bone on bone. Okay. So yeah. it's not the rotator cuff. It's like the actual joint. Exactly. I'm sure if they went in there, they'd find some shearing away of the rotator as well. Um, but the, the main uh, issue is that I'm bone on bone. I have a big bone spur um, that, that's really limiting my mobility as well. So yeah. it's a mess. I mean, it's been going on for as long as I've been training. Um, so it's, it is what it is. I'm going to train as long as I can and do what I can get as much out of it as I can, you know, like 20 years ago, a hip replacement was like a death sentence, you know, oh, now it's crazy. What my hip is like brand new. My doctor said, you have no limitations. You know, if you want to squat 500 pounds, by all means, He's like, don't go for world records, but if you used to squat and you used to do these things, he's like, do it, you know? 
Yeah. So, and he said, it's going to outlast me. He's like, this thing is going to oh, be yeah. around for 50 years. <laughs> so. Yeah. What, isn't it titanium? Yeah. 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 It's crazy. So I, I would rather wait until they get a little better at shoulder replacements. Cause if I get one, I'm still going to want to train. I don't want to do a, like, you know, Dave Palumbo's doing. He looks like he's 130 pounds after a shoulder replacement. I, I want to be able to still train to some capacity. Right. So, Is he not know, supposed wait. to lift, lift it all for a while? Like they told him not to train? Yeah, really not. And, and pretty much never do anything overhead, no pressing movements. And I, I'm not down with that. I, I want to still yeah. train one way or another. And I'm sure if yeah. I wait like a year or two, they'll be better at it. And, and you know, I won't be as limited after. Um, once, like with my hip, I only got it replaced because I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't sleep. It was it was really painful. Yeah, you couldn't even walk around the Olympia. Well, you had a cane. Yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah. and uh, now it's great. So I'm sure I'll be the same way. I, I will wait until I can't take it anymore. Then I'd get the replacement and, and work my way back to some sort of normalcy. But, you know, it's, it's a total mental, like, mindfuck. And that's the only word I can say is, is you're used to, I'm used to be able to, only like, honestly, three, four months ago, I was pressing 180s. Yeah, I mean, I saw you training. I, I saw you doing really heavy inclines on on Instagram like, yeah. not long ago. I'm sure that didn't help things, but it. Uh, I was feeling okay, and then um, then out of nowhere, I started having neck pain. It was running down my trap. My fingers were going numb. So I finally went and got an X-ray, and the doctor was like, "Oh, you need a replacement." He's like, "I don't know how you're doing anything that you're doing right now." Right. So, it is what it is. I'll get through it and, uh, you know, enjoy my, my life moving forward. Hey, you, you know, um, one of the things that I've said a few times on the show is that my favorite part of life right now is that I'm training in the gym relatively pain-free. And, yeah, that's huge. you know, obviously, obviously I'm not lifting like, you know, I'm not lifting the poundage as I used to. And there's certain movements that I've just completely dropped you know, like I just abandoned them because they have no, no purpose to me at all. Um, but as far as like, you know, living the bodybuilding lifestyle and being able to get in the gym and, and, you know, challenge myself, I'm relatively without pain or hindrance at all. And that took a while. Like it, it took a while, you know, I obviously I blew the quad and then, you know, that whole time my shoulder was like really bothering me on a lot of stuff, like for a couple of years off and on. And, um, you know, I've got like, a bunch of fucked up stuff like my one lat kind of atrophied so then my shoulder's not as stable and no one can figure out why so i just have to like compensate when i'm pressing and try to make my make sure i stay straight and don't go crooked you know so there's a bunch yeah. of stuff i have to do to just train smart um and the body doesn't work like it used to but i mean i still like you know i look great i'm in great shape I'm surprised how much muscle I still have on my body. I thought I would be way skinnier by now. Um, yeah. And, uh, and you know, the way I'm eating, I'm able to keep my body fat really low and, you know, you know, just feel good. You know what I mean? 
And that yeah. just took a while for to be pain free. But I, I have no doubt that you'll you'll get there. You know, you'll 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 just figure it out. And the body the body will do it. You know, it'll go where it has to go. It's just yeah. dropping certain movements is was one of the huge keys for me. You know, not trying to force yeah. things like oh I got to do this movement. You know, I have the exact same issue you just described with the the lat atrophying. It um, it's because you have a shoulder issue in in your lat is guarding. So it's not stretching and opening up the same way that it used to. And mm -hmm. um, it, it's clearly smaller and, and um, not as strong. I can't row the same on that side. If I'm doing a seated row, I feel like my right arm pull harder. Um, right. So I've just had to lighten everything and just focus on contractions and making sure that it's getting blood flow in there. And, oh yeah you know try and force it to open up yeah right. and get it you know get it moving yeah 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 i know the deal buddy there's a whole bunch of dudes out there our age that are like oh yeah these guys are just like they know me and then there's a whole bunch of young guys that are like fucking talk about something interesting yeah right <laughs> well it'll be interesting to you in 15 years that's exactly it right say, that's exactly you it. were right you know i remember being being so dumb when i was young for pretty dumb for a smart guy you know i remember seeing this older dude come in the gym and he had a great physique like he was i mean this would have been back in the early 90s but he had a physique where like anyone in the gym would have been like wow that guy's 50 holy fuck you know what yeah. i mean and i remember watching him come in and like incline a plate and a half for reps like he did all his sets with like a plate and a half on the incline and he was doing yeah. like 80 pound dumbbell rows. I remember it vividly. And I remember thinking like, what a pussy. How did he get all that muscle with those pussy little weights? That's yeah. ridiculous. You must be all genetics or all drugs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you get older yeah. and you're like, oh, wait a minute. He like built that muscle for 30 years with heavy weights. And now he's training smart and safe. And you understand like just yeah. the lack of understanding when I was young, you know? What's he doing? Yeah. Plate and a half? What a joke. <laughs> yeah. You want to live to train another day. That's it. Yeah. And here, here, here I am. <laughs> yeah, we all have those guys in the gym. Used to laugh at them. Yeah, like why is he trained so light? And then you realize that he's being smarter than you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I got a bunch of questions if you want to hammer some questions, man. This Let's is how we it. normally do it. I thought this would be a good one because you're uh, you're you're the same uh, class as me here. What's your most memorable '90s supplement? '90s supplement. Well, oh, all nitro those tech. things that came. Oh, nitro Tech. Right. That was the, uh, when the Muscle Tech uh, protein or, or, came or, out. Yeah, they were all the um, the the Muscle Tech stuff because my brother had a contract with them. And, uh, you know, of course, oh. ultimate orange, um, yeah, the nitro tech, what was nitro tech? The one with the, the Korean, the creatine, what was the that was Celtic Celtech. Yeah. And they had like 75 grams of sugar in it. Yeah. It was just pure dextrose mixed with creatine and they were just right. selling it for like a hundred bucks a jug. Yeah. It, it was so yeah, they, funny. It was the ultimate markup yeah 
Yeah. And then ev- I everyone remember supplements. Well, remember everyone started buying. You remember people started going to the wine aisle and buying bags of dextrose for like five dollars, and then just making their own cell tech. I remember when when everyone realized what was in it, they would just go buy sugar, and just wow. make their own cell tech. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Oh, I they that that was that was a powerful time though. I remember when the androstine dione, the Androtech, came yeah. out. And it was like, oh my God, is this stuff as good as steroids? This might be as good as steroids. And everyone was like wanting to try Androtech. And then Mark McGuire, that was- It was in his locker. Product was in his locker behind him when he got interviewed on TV. And somebody yeah. looked it up and they're like, this is kind of, a, you know, an un, like an unregulated, like steroid-like compound. And that's what started the entire baseball steroid scandal. People forget it all started with a bottle of Androtech in Mark McGuire's fucking locker. That whole thing. Yeah. I think that the was whole planting. thing. Oh man. I think he did that on purpose. Cause he Label was out. DECA and everything else. Oh like, no, man. I can blame it on that. Right. Right. Yeah, man. It was, that was a funny time. And, um, it was him and Sammy Sosa were doing the fucking home run war that year. That's what was going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a crazy time that was. Um, yeah. So Andro tech was huge. And then I remember ultimate orange. I remember being super disappointed because um, the ultimate origin Canada didn't have the ephedrine in it they couldn't ship it across the border with the ephedrine in it. oh yeah so the Can- the canadian formula wasn't the same you know what i mean and uh so we had to like try to get our hands on the american ultimate orange if you want it but we didn't even realize that it was just the ephedrine we just knew it wasn't the same formula right yeah do you remember now it's do you backwards. remember when sorry we we can't get ephedra here in the States. yeah now it's different yeah, we still yeah. have it. We still have it. Yeah. Do you remember the 25 milligram dimetadrine 25s, like the original oh, ephedrines? Yeah. yeah. So what was your experience with those? I didn't take supplements. I never did. I would only like, when my brother was sponsored by a company, he'd let me try some of it, whatever. But I was never into supplements. I was like, I could barely afford a can of tuna. I was like... You know, I, I couldn't afford supplements. So I'd have some I, protein powder, whatever my brother had. You know, so I remember let's say he was sponsored by Muscle Tech for like two or three years in the late nineties, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, yeah. something like that. And uh shit, I was only I was in high school. So I I certainly couldn't afford supplements. He would, he would give me like some liver pills and be like, yeah, try this. It was so disgusting. Oh, desiccated liver. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I remember when Dimetadrine 25 came out, we didn't realize what ephedrine was. Like we didn't realize that it was a straight amphetamine, right? We just, yeah. everyone was like, oh, you take one of these before you train. That's just all we knew. And yeah. we would take them and just be fucking wired, man. And we'd have these killer yeah. workouts. Like that was, that was the king pre-workout. You know, I remember I started taking two on leg day. So 50 milligrams of ephedrine and I'd be just dripping with sweat when I got to the gym. 
you know, and just vibrating with yeah. energy because I'm you're already like a jacked up kid who's just wanting to kill himself in the gym. And now you take 50 megs of ephedrine and you're just like, fuck, you know, yeah. and I remember like remember realizing Vanadol it wasn't selfie? good for you. Yeah, Vanadol. Oh, yeah. The blue pills. Yeah. yeah. Supposed, supposed to make you more insulin sensitive, which apparently it does kind of do, but it just takes massive doses. What was so, the yeah. stuff? What was the stuff that you? A lot of guys. I took it a few times before I went on stage, and I would turn like bright purple, and my veins would be coming out of everywhere. I I tried it a couple times. Um, wasn't wasn't that niacin? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That or, was, or I tried or, it a few times, and I turned bright yeah. purple. I'm like, never again. <laughs> Yeah, and it made you itchy. It can make you itchy. Yeah. Um, I remember, did, did you ever take glycerol for like vascularity? Did you ever take the glycerol? little packets? Oh, maybe. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, yeah I remember there was a little, thing. Little packets, They're like a gel. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I remember there was some like some stuff that was out to you take it before you went on stage or before you trained to try to like get a better yeah. pump. It was like some of the original pump formulas, you know what I mean? Yeah. As yeah, I yeah. got in better shape, I didn't need all that shit. I was vascular anyway. And if I did use it, it would like totally blur any detail that I had. It would just be veins everywhere. So I stopped right. trying to make my veins stick out. Right, right. Yeah. Just some, fuck, just some salt. If I have some salt and sugar together... Cause I'm like, I say pretty lean now. If I have like salt and yeah. sugar, holy fuck, I get veiny as fuck. Like, yeah, you know, it's like scary. I'm like, holy shit. Old man veins. So, yeah, the old man veins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting the thinner skin as I get older. So, um, okay. Oh, this is a question that I we we did it last last show I think or two shows ago, but I want to ask you because it's a great one. Um, the, the freakiest thing you've ever seen in bodybuilding in person, if you mm. had to pick freakiest thing you've ever seen in person. No, oh, man. So there, there were, there were a few. Cause you've um, seen everything, right? And so, yeah. And the context um, matters, you know, like. Yeah. Where were you and uh, how young were you like and all that? Three. One, one year, I remember being like, I got flex. I got him. I'm looking at him because he's not pumped yet. He's not posing. I'm like, he looks a little soft. And then um, I was laying down on the floor and, and he was standing right next to me. And then he started pumping up, I think, with Neil. And they started putting some shit on him or whatever. And he flexed his hamstring and his hamstring had a bicep, like a peak coming out of his leg. And I'm like, oh, fuck this. Like, like that was the freakiest because it wasn't just a cord coming down. It was while he was standing up straight. And I just that stuck out in my mind forever. Like like his hamstrings were like literally like biceps like a big peak yeah. to his hamstring. And then one year, I think it was probably 2015, we were all 
for some reason, Phil always hung out with us, the 20, the, the, the two twelve guys. And we'd all be hanging out. And then he would start getting, he would start getting pumped. He'd stand up and he, he lifted up his shorts and he looked in the mirror and hit his legs. And it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Like how deep hit the, the, the separation was, but how round and people don't know that they like think that Phil isn't known for his legs when his legs were at their peak nobody could match him with with that and I remember asking him like holy shit can I take a picture of that he's like no no man no no he's like I'm saving this for the stage because it was so mind-blowing how freaky freaky it was and how thin his skin was and how striated every last bit of it was in, you know, you, you cannot tell by photos how crazy he was. Um, it's just, just nuts, you know? And there's, and then, there's also nothing like backstage lighting sometimes. Right. You know, like yeah. that's just a different, like most fans don't get to see you guys, the Olympia guys in that backstage close quarters environment. Right. Cause that's, on stage is, you know, you're presented the illusion, right? The ultimate illusion. Yeah. But backstage, just walking around under those lights, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's like and, just and more I real. I know what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I've seen pretty much everything. So when I see something that's off the wall, it, it you know, it stays with me. And I was you remember, blown away like a fan yeah, backstage. So you said in a third one, you said you had a third one you were going to mention. The third one was probably my first experience with Hadi Chupin in person. You know? I was just going to tell first this story. All, he, we all weighed in, and I think it was me, Flex Lewis, Hadi, David Henry, and we all weighed the exact same. Now, and where was this? Was this in was Korea? Broken. Yep, in Korea. And we all weighed in at 209, and he looked 249. <laughs> I don't know how that was even possible. And just every last part of him was striated from his pecs to his shoulders to his quads with crazy deep abs and, and just everything. And, you know, pound for pound, inch per inch, he had the most mature, round, full, thick muscle. And he's not even that short compared to me. You know, he, he's probably five, six. And, um, but he was mind blowing. He looked like a, a statue, everything carved. Um, that year he, he still had kind of a weak back double by for him, you know, compared to every other shot. But, uh, you know, he's improved that significantly since, but it certainly stuck out in my mind of the most impressive uh m mature muscle and i i could have sworn i thought he was 40 years old like that much mature muscle takes years and years and years to develop that and apparently he was only in his early 30s um, i think yeah. he was 31 and i thought he was 41 and yeah those three are the three most impressive things i've ever seen in person you know, as far as I, I remember seeing Hadi at the Van Pro, remember? Yeah. 
you were here yeah. for that. And that was, was my here. first time seeing him in person, right? And obviously yeah. he was mind boggling on stage. And I thought he won the Van Pro that year without even having to pose, which was really crazy yeah. to me. And, and, That's but funny. I just remember backstage, like I couldn't believe, like he was backstage standing with, with Hani. And I remember like two days before that, he was at, he was at my gym and he stepped on the scale and I was standing right there with Hani and he was two, like two thirty or something like that. Yeah. Right. And Hani's like, oh, you know, he's got his clothes on and he's, you know, got some meals and water in him and he's two thirty. And then I remember seeing him backstage and I remember thinking, how is he not two fifty? <laughs> he looks two fifty. Yeah. yeah. Walking around like and I was like, he's not a small guy. Like, I'm, you know, he's not tall, but he's like big. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was surprising. Some guys got those, I guess, what do you have, bird bones? <laughs> yeah. I, I did a iron debate with Dave Palumbo and Chris Cito and, and Dennis James. And I, they were all talking to me like I was crazy. They were like, come on, dude. He's a 212 guy. I'm like, he not only will he place top five at the Olympia, but he could win. And they're like, oh, shut up. You're just saying this because you're a 212 guy. Nobody had him in the first call out. They were all like, no, no, there's no way he'll make first call out. I'm like, I've seen him three times in person. I competed against him twice, and then I saw him in Vancouver, and he just keeps getting better. I'm like, he's bigger than everyone. I'm like, he's not, it's just, he's shorter than everyone, but he's, bigger per square inch of quality striated muscle than than any one of them he's not going to get out muscled by anyone you know no. even even rami you could argue that he he could beat rami because he's so much more dense and harder and striated than rami is um obviously he's 100 pounds smaller or whatever but um <laughs> yeah nobody they were everyone was making fun of me being like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever, Jose. And sure enough, a few weeks later, he's fourth at the Olympia. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, speaking of guys sizing up, what do you think of the Derek Lunsford footage? The it's not, I clip. sent him. I sent him that footage that he's oh. been posting of his posing routine. Yeah, he's like, where the fuck did you get this? I just got off stage. So a friend of mine, Ryan Walters, was there while he's guest posing. And the minute he recorded it, he sent it to me. And I was like, holy shit. So I sent it to Derek. And I, I said, rumor has it you're going to Texas to go beat up on Kuklo. And he's, he laughed. He's like, where the hell did you get this? He's like, I literally just got off stage. And then within, <laughs> within honestly, 20 minutes, Hani had posted it and he had posted it on his Instagram. So I saw it before anyone. But uh, so what'd you think? I think he's nuts. I think he should do open. I think he should in the condition he's in right now. If he dropped his water and went to Texas, there'd be a lot of broken hearts. I'll tell you, Jesus, that. He, he would be hard to beat. He looks like he's, he's a diazide away from just smoking people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, who's back double? Who's rear lat spread looks like that? They were nuts. Really? I, so like when, when I heard that he hired Hani, 
I remember thinking like, oh, this is, this is someone that Hani could probably r- run with like crazy. Yeah. You know, and, and fuck, I was blown away. What, 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 what could he weigh? I bet he's 230, 235. I, I, I do have my concerns with him making 212 and keeping that roundness because his legs look awesome now and they did last year too before the olympia and then he flattens out significantly but i think hani knows how to control that a lot better than his previous situation um so i i think he's gonna go one shot at it this year if he doesn't win he's got to go into the open because i i can see him winning most shows this year then so i i I, would i i have to say something because i've seen like i've seen a bunch of stuff online like oh good thing lunsford switched coaches he was you know blah 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 people sort of saying stuff i don't even know what his other coach's name was no offense i just wasn't really following but um People saying, you know, oh, good, he finally switched coaches and stuff. But I think that's a little bit unfair because obviously the other coach knew how to get him in shape and look fucking nuts because we all saw the one-week-out photos, right? But making weight is a fucking, like, sometimes it's, sometimes, like, certain people, like, what does he have to, like, drop 12 pounds to make weight and the legs go flat and then how many hours can you fill a guy out? It's, it's, uh. It's sometimes it's just like so hard on a physique that mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm that's the, the thing about when I was like, how much can he weigh? Like to make 212, you know, do you, cause his, his back double bicep, you know, when guys, their lats get so thick that they go out from their armpits, like two inches before they start to yeah. round down. So he does yeah. his back double bicep and the lats don't come down under the armpits. They go out for like two inches and then they come yeah. down. And, yeah. and I just, that's what you lose when you like force dehydrate and you know sauna yeah. yourself down eight pounds and you know suck the life out of a physique so i just hope that like i just hope that that isn't an issue because i so mean i'd love right, to just 100%. see him walk on stage you know i i've spoken about that in the past as well his coach was james brown and he was a guy that came up with him you know he he used to go into like a nutrition store and James worked there and he was like, Oh, I'll help you. And he certainly helped him. You know, he, he brought him all the way up the amateur ranks and into the Olympia. And, you know, I just think the pressure got to be too much. You know, he's now he's had three or four attempts and um, the results weren't, what he was looking for so it's not like he went just sidestep to another no he went to arguably the 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 best track record in history um you know so you can't blame him for that and he i'm sure he has a ton of respect for james brown and um as i do i think he's a nice guy and 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 he did a great job with with derek for sure but I, yeah, he, he I'm glad. Said, I'm glad that you have all that info. Yeah, huh? I'm glad that you have all that info because, like, I thought it was unfair to see some of the stuff I saw. You know, as people don't understand, you know what I mean? Right. 
they don't yeah and then and i just thought fuck you know that guy's obviously a really good coach i mean lunsford fuck you all those pictures of him on the turf at m140 or mi40 <laughs> it's so yeah. fucking crazy <laughs> yeah you know yeah. um yeah but, um... i just i just want to see him i like do you think it's a mistake that he hasn't like hopped in an open show at some point just to see like, not yet but but yes it will be a big mistake if he doesn't moving forward you know if i were him i i would win if he wins the 212 olympia even if he wins i would go do an open show afterwards and, right and if he, certainly if he loses or, or doesn't win he should go right to a 212 show fill out be bang on within a few weeks go do something overseas and win because you mean he an, can an open show yeah, yeah i mean an open show yeah, yeah i would yeah. give up if he doesn't win the olympia even if he's third second i wouldn't do 212 again because he should be winning you know what i mean it's just too much yeah. of a drop for him the, yeah. the whole idea it's... of bodybuilding is to be your best you know it's not to keep sucking down and and i mean even if he wins he can't be better next year you know, because he's he's still growing. <laughs> yeah, I would I would win it and then move up, try to win that one. He just that video impresses shit out of me. I yeah. mean, damn, damn. Okay, I'm just looking for another good one here. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give your 21 year old self? probably don't constantly go for records you know i was always pushing the boundaries of trying to get stronger 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 rather than really learning to connect with the muscle um you know, I, I was training way too heavy for way too long. And it wasn't until I was forced to really learn to connect with my body in my later years. And, and in fact, I made better gains later on in my career um, by really connecting and not just heaving weight. You know, I was always going for rec <clears throat> for records, always trying to beat a previous best and, and um, that was a mistake. I would learn the technique where you feel the muscle the most in the 8 to 12 range um, and, and not just going for, for weight. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. simple one, but it's true. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. So I, I think that people focus on progression before they have mastered execution. So. Yes. Whereas like mastering execution is progression and they forget that, right? You know, if yeah. you do eight reps with the weight, but then, you know, six months later you do eight reps with the same weight, but with better form, that's still progression. Um, yeah. But people are, are just focused on loading progression. Um, and they're, you know, maybe five, 10 years down the road, their form is still only 80% what it could be but their right. loads are 120% what they should be. You know yeah. what I mean? 
So they're twenty percent heavier than they should be training with twenty percent less perfect form, and that's what wears and tears on things. I think over time, and I would do the same thing. Like I wouldn't change anything about my intent or the way I trained, like you know the the way I trained mentally or or the way my workouts looked on paper. I would I wouldn't necessarily change that, but I would just try to remember that progression isn't just about adding those little plates to the the machine every time it's also about like you know execution like yeah like i remember you know i never really played with my you know like i always did the same negative for everything like i I did a controlled negative but i didn't like play with it at all you know now i play with it like sometimes i'll do four second negatives on the hack squat sometimes they're three sometimes they're five like i'll play with that as a as a variable you know, whereas back in like when I'm my younger years, the only variable was load. Right. You know? So, yeah, there's more to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, what's the number one thing? Here's one for you. Came in, came in late. What's the number one thing you learned from your brother? Ooh. Um, man, there isn't the number. How, one how old thing, is he, uh, by the way? How much, how much older is he? He'll be 52 in August, in a couple of days, tomorrow. <laughs> He'll be 52 What's he doing tomorrow. Now? He's unbelievable. He's five and a half years older than me. And uh, honestly, <clears throat> the number one thing I learned from my brother was to be humble. Is there's always someone better than you. You know, growing up, having him as my older brother, I knew I couldn't match him in anything. He was taller bigger, better looking, smarter, all of the above. In football, he was a better football player. In bodybuilder, he was a better bodybuilder. He had prettier girlfriends. He, he had everything that I didn't have. So you're either uh, going to be miserable your whole life or learn to be humble and uh, accept your graces um, and, and work hard. You know, it, nothing's given to you. That's, that's the bottom well- line. What, what's what's he doing now? He's training people. He's got a nice nice setup at his house. He fil- he built a little garage in his in his house, uh, a gym in his garage. When uh, the pandemic hit, because Gold's closed, he, he lives out in. Uh, he was training at Gold's Venice for twenty years. Well, yeah, he's happened. been part of the. He's been a piece of furniture at Gold's Venice. Yeah, yeah, but he's doing great. He's doing actually better than I'd ever imagined, you know, um, under those circumstances. So for those who don't know, we're talking about your brother, Tito, obviously. Um, uh, it's hard to believe, but you have a better looking brother. Um, yeah. very difficult <laughs> to believe. um, yeah. so what was the first, what was the first memory you have of him being like a bodybuilder? Cause he was obviously ahead of you on the curve. Yeah, when when um, he did his first show right out of college, and um, and then he started getting magazine offers right away, photo shoots on the covers of magazines, and and everyone was talking about him, and everyone and anyone. He was he was a hot commodity, and um, you know I knew he was a stud right away. He he was always in good shape, but you know once he hit his mid twenties, he was. He was unbelievable. 
Yeah, he had the hair too. <laughs> yeah, everything I know. Yeah. I remember. I remember seeing him at Gold's Venice, and like saying hi to him because I knew who he was. You know, just like as yeah. a kid when I would go down and visit, like, oh, it's Tito yeah. Raymond. You know, and like I just knew him because like he was on the cover of magazines and he was famous. Like I remember seeing him and Michael Hearn in the same day at Gold's, and like yeah. holy shit, Michael Hearn and Tito Raymond. Like they were like, they were both like yeah, they were know, trading partners for like ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember just being like, holy shit, they like they're they're both here, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember meeting your brother like way later at the Olympia, one year, like just like. I think he was sitting behind me in the stands or something like that. Yeah. I was like, Hey Tito. So yeah, yeah, he's a good guy, man. But yeah, what well, it's a, I, I just love the story about how you guys both crushed it in the industry. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's cool. It's like, you know, two brothers that make the NHL or two brothers, you know what I mean? Like you both just, you made the magazines, you did all that shit. It was cool. One more quick one before we go. Uh, what were your thoughts on Tampa Ian winning? Um, I love, love Ian's structure. I love his mentality, his training. I watch his training videos more than anyone's. Um, I, I want to see him fix a couple poses, that front double, the rear double. Um, I wasn't there, so I can't tell the conditioning. Uh, I'm very happy for him. He had a few guys that were close. Uh, that guy, Philip Klahar was damn close. So uh, the good thing is that he just won a big show and he has things he can correct to be better. So that tells me he can be even better than he's been. Um, so that's a good thing. Uh, I'm certainly not bashing him. Um, he, has, he, he has some corrections he can make and move up. It wouldn't surprise me if he made top six this year for, for first call out. Um, he, he's that good. Um, but he needs, you know, obviously like anyone, there's always, you can always be better. Uh, that was a great show and a great win. And I love that he's going on to Texas because, uh, you know, these guys one and out are, are crazy. Make everyone work for it. If you can win two or three shows and make some money for your family, go do it. God bless Ian. Fucking take those checks, man. It might be like, who yeah. knows when the ride ends, who knows when your fucking hip goes, right? Who knows yeah. when the shoulder says no more. Yeah. Take those checks. Yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> luck to Ian. I agree with you. Yeah, I love the multiple shows. Flex Wheeler used to cash in on everybody's fucking dreams, and so did Kevin Lavrone, and so did all those guys. You know, they'd circulate and just take all the fucking first places. I love yeah. it. So uh, let's get – we need some killers in this game, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Go get it. <laughs> okay. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jose, for coming on and uh, helping us out this week and Lou and Dusty, and uh, I'll let you go, buddy. Remember – my it's pleasure. just bodybuilding. Thank you.